Hello, everybody. Welcome to your Heart on the Pain NBA podcast, the NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA. I'm your host, Matt, again joined by Michael. And today, on this March 18th, 2019, we've got a plethora of league updates as well as the beginning of March Madness and catching up on a political bit of news we missed a week ago, and that was the racist Utah Jazz fan and Westbrook kerskuffle that happened. But before we get to any of that, we would like to give a special shout out to our sponsor of this episode of the podcast, and that is Mountain Dew. Of course, you all know and you love Mountain Dew. No matter where you live across the rural white America, you love Mountain Dew. It's in all of your restaurants and all of your fountains. But did you know that they're bringing Baja Blast back again at this time of year? Perfect for the warmer weather as well as summertime vibes. You too can enjoy a nice Mountain Dew of Baja Blast with artificial tropical lime flavors and a blast of caffeine at your local Taco Bell or at your convenience store today. So head over to donationrewards.com slash harden the paint for your free Mountain Dew Baja Blast. And with that, let's hop into probably the biggest piece of NBA news, which is really a college player, and that is Zion Williamson made his return after the sort of week out with the knee sprain from the famous shoe catastrophe from a couple weeks ago. And uh, he played pretty much the best game you could have expected him to play. Uh, He got himself a pair of reinforced Kyrie threes for the first game back, which was kind of interesting. And he proceeded to... I think he was 13 of 13 from the field and had like 10 rebounds and like five assists and three blocks or something. And it's just like, okay, you know, just give him the number one pick right now. You know, (laughs) it's pretty incredible. Yeah. It seemed like he won the uh, ACC tournament almost by himself. Yeah. (laughs) Which is weird to think because he's got two other lottery guys on that team. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy to think, uh, you know, if it was like Zion on a team by himself and then RJ and like Cam Reddish on a team together, it'd be like almost a level playing field, you feel like. I, I think I'd take Zion. Zion. I don't know. I'll, be tight. I'll put it this way. Zion is the only Duke player who has actually managed to make me forgive Duke to the point of, you know, in the Duke-UNC rivalry, I usually side with UNC. Just because I hate Duke that much. You know, in terms of the Tobacco Road rivalries, Wake Forest is the worst, then Duke, and then Chapel Hill, right? But I think Zion actually has me liking Duke, which is fucking disgusting, but... Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat. It's like, I enjoy all the hype around Zion, and it's actually, like, kind of fun to watch, too, because it's just, like, such a unique physical specimen. I just want them to keep winning. (laughs) Yeah, you know, mine's well, and... uh... We also had a, another fantastic sprain happen. That is CJ McCollum got a knee sprain. I think it was three days ago, two days ago. Well, it's kind of weird, right? Zion comes back. CJ McCollum uh, gets injured. And obviously CJ McCollum's from Lehigh who beat, uh, I think they were the second ranked like Blue Devils a few years ago. I guess back when he was in college. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of a, little bit of a Coach K curse there. Speaking more of uh, Coach K curse, uh, Brandon Ingram had uh, what do you call it? Blood clots, right? Yeah, blood clots. I, I think I mean, it was I on don't his know shoulder. Exact. 
Yeah, I don't know about the exact uh, diagnosis. I just know it's a type of blood clot in the chest shoulder area, which, I mean, basically hampers your shooting ability. Yeah, I mean, sucks to be that guy, right? I mean, geez. And what, so, uh, what guy McCall? sucks to be Malcolm well, Brogdon? Like, what do you what do you expect from the Blazers? This because is... they can slide from the three seed down to like the eight, <laughs> and matchups matter. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a big deal, right? Like, you could easily drop to facing the Warriors in the first round, which is exactly what you don't want to do as the Trailblazers. Yep. Um, at the same time, you know, maybe you do want to play them in the first round just to, like, get it over with. I, I, is, I hope it's not that big of a deal. Like, this would be such a shitty way for their season to end. Like, the worst timing possible, so... I hope he gets back together because the Mama's Boys are still fun to watch to me. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is out probably until late second round, maybe even the conference finals if the Bucks make it that far. Yeah, this is big. Yeah, this is our dude, Malcolm Brogdon. And this is our 50-40-90 dude. Yeah. Like, okay, so the Bucks played the Sixers yesterday in a super hype game. Uh, was <laughs> i didn't watch any of it the dunks but, were awesome yeah it was like Giannis had like 50 and then beat had like 40 and 15 or something it was just and simmons and Giannis dunked on each other like back to back oh my god it was, it was a perfect great. old school new school type of basketball where you basically have three seven foot centers playing at a pace and space offense it's fantastic and you know if malcolm brogdon was there they probably would have won the game yeah, he's – I don't want to say glue guy because I think he's actually better than that. I mean, he's a rookie of the year, a former rookie of the year. And you decided, like, his shooting splits are 50-40-90. But it does seem like they lack a sort of offensive tempo. In the same way that, I guess, Houston with CP3, it's like you don't really need CP3. Clearly, like, Harden went on that stretch. But I think you need them – for the playoff rounds where the tempo slows down. And I think you need a little bit more of a conventional point guard. I think Brogdon's just like super, not super smart, but like pretty darn smart. Like he, he seems to always four years find of college, man. Yeah. He seems to always find like the right back cut or like the right screen to slip or like the right pass to throw. It, I don't know. It just kind of like, he's not a high volume guy, but he always ends up with like 15 and five or something like that. And he was, it's always like, Oh, Malcolm Brogdon got 15 and five, like, and he played good defense on the other end. Do you think he could be like a next gen Rajon Rondo in the playoffs? Where it's like, he just gets for some reason really good in the playoffs. It totally could be. I I think they really want him more for the defense though, at the point guard spot. Right. Cause I mean, He's Bledsoe's solid, but Bledsoe's also short. pretty short. Yeah. yeah. So you, you want like, He's like the good Harden matchup in terms of size, right? Like six, six five ish, like pretty strong. Um, plays kind of undersized for his position, for his height, you know. So it's like, you know, you you want Brogdon in, in some of these games, and so it kind of sucks not to have him. Spencer Dinwiddie uh, on Twitter or Instagram, some some type of social media platform. Uh, was basically advocating that the playoffs should observe 
the release date of the next Avengers movie. Basically, there just shouldn't be a playoff game on that date, so that way NBA players can uh, become Marvel fanboys and attend theaters nationwide. Honestly, just from like a marketing standpoint, it's probably a smart idea for the league. <laughs> I mean, half of your viewer base is going to go see you know the Avengers Part Four, so it's. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. It's pretty smart, really. <laughs> uh, what do you make of the East playoff race for the number eight seed? Uh, right now, it's Miami, uh, but right below them, you you have Orlando, Charlotte, and Washington. So four teams from what, the Southeast Conference contending for that A spot. Yeah, Miami just beat Charlotte last night too, so that was a big one. Yeah, kind of goes like, yeah, double up. You know, what I'm still surprised by, not to totally derail you, but the Pacers are still holding on to that seed for dear life, man. Like, Yeah, I think they slip, I think because Philly won yesterday, so I think Indy slipped down to four, and I think the Pacers play the Blazers some point during this week, which is kind of interesting. Uh, does, that game could have a lot of potential like matchup significance. And then I think Philly and Boston play one more time before the season's out. So obviously like that three, four, five spot in the East. Yeah, it's still up for grabs, even though Philly just clinched with that win yesterday. I know it's kind of crazy to be like, oh, all these games actually matter. Like, the, you know, Portland could like throw that game intentionally and like intentionally try and get a matchup, or both teams could actually like want to win so bad that it's essentially a playoff game, which is crazy. Like cross conference too, which is even crazier. Yeah. I think it's just very interesting how the Pacers are missing their star, the Nets, the Clippers, the. Sp- and maybe the Pistons it's like those are kind of five teams where we always kind of thought they'd be on the bubble of kind of getting in but now it's like oh they're basically going to be in the playoffs now what damage can they do yeah and then the Spurs is ridiculous I, I was watching some guy had a post about how he bet like 50k on the Spurs making the playoffs this year and he's supposed to win like three times that amount or something oh man yeah, yeah. that's awesome so uh, another news cross-conference wise, right? The Raptors made the full yeah. sweep of California. Yeah. Do you think this means that they keep Kawhi? This is basically Kawhi. Why the fuck do you want to go to California? Toronto's awesome. We beat them. I mean, it, I feel like everybody is now sold on the Kawhi to LA train. Like, cause the uh, Anthony Davis wheels kind of fell off the bandwagon. It looks like. So we'll see about that. I don't think, I don't know if Kawhi wants to play with LeBron though. Uh, I think the Clippers are actually the, I guess the team that is probably on the inside track for Kawhi. I would say it's the Clippers. And it's a better for the king of LA. Yeah, I think, you know, the Clippers, they obviously are about to make the playoffs without, they just, I mean, they traded away their, their best player in Tobias Harris. Two-thirds through the season. Uh, better coach, Doc Rivers. Better GM structure with Jerry West. Uh, just probably better enthusiasm at this point of Steve Ballmer and all the tech stuff that he's trying to like pull in. It, it seems like they're 
it seems like they've successfully transitioned away from kind of the Lob City era into KD, Kawhi, come slot into our system. I'd rather see KD, I think, in L.A. I'd rather see, like, KD and LeBron battle for, like, the king of L.A. spot. That'd be kind of a cool storyline. I think it'd be kind of interesting, though, with Kawhi, because he's such a quiet dude. And then you have LeBron, who's obviously the exact opposite of that, of having this huge personality. And it's like they just – they instantly clash being in the same city. I don't know. I feel like you'd get some really good NBA Twitter out of, like, Patrick Beverly and Kevin Durant. Both shit-talking LeBron. I, I think that'd be good. Uh, Clay's got some words for the Oracle fans. Uh, basically calling them out on low energy, whatever the fuck that means. What do you make of that? You know, uh, Bill Simmons kind of talked about this on his podcast the other day. There's some sort of general malaise with the Warriors fans where they've seen greatness in their stadium for so long now that you have to go even further into the upper, upper tiers of greatness to really impress them and wow them like you used to. There's just sort of a, it's almost like a greatness hangover in a sense. Like you had a whole bunch of it already and now it's like, it just all kind of blends together really. There's not a huge standout moment like there used to be where like those old games where Steph would take over and shoot like 14 threes from half court or you know, like the Clay 62 games where he takes one dribble. Now it's just like, oh, cool. Everybody had 20 points. It's not like anybody's got 60 anymore. Like Draymond gets like a triple double without points or, you know, a couple of those other fun stat lines. Are you cool with Clay calling them out though? Seems kind of weird for a team that is basically on cruise control to call out the fans for being on cruise control. Yeah. Isn't that a little like hypocritical? I mean, it, it it makes sense. I can see why like people are upset, but at the same time, it's like y'all pay so much freaking money for those tickets. Like you owe it to yourself to get into the game. Like, like if you're in a boring ass game, like Detroit versus Memphis last year at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, you, you paid, you know, a hundred bucks for the tickets. You don't really have to like scream or like, Holler, but if you're paying like a thousand bucks for a lower bowl, it's, you know, you better buy your beer and you better and freaking enjoy the experience because you paid so much money for it. You wouldn't, yeah, you know, you're not getting the full value if you're just there stone faced and playing on your phone the whole time. What are the chances that Clay wins finals MVP? A zero. You think so? Yeah. Do you really think they would give it to Kevin Durant and then Kevin Durant like leaves two weeks later? No, it'll be Steph. It'll be Steph who won Finals MVP. You think Steph will finally win it? Yeah. It's you don't think it'd be funny to watch Clay get a Finals MVP trophy before Steph? Oh, that would be hilarious. Yeah, I agree. I just don't think it's realistic, but it'd be uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if the Finals are Golden State versus Boston. And one of those teams has to win. This is actually a question I, I threw at the, the ringer. I sent it in as a mailbag question uh, to those guys. Uh, do you think if the matchup is Golden State-Boston and one of those teams has to win, uh, does the team-up of Katie and Kyrie happen in New York? Yikes, dog. Does one of those guys has to win the title if that's the matchup? Yeah, and the the current thought is if they win, they're going to stay, right? That's like the I don't know. theory. I, I, I might be at the point where I think Kevin Durant is leaving no matter what. Wow. But if Boston win the title, 
Does Kyrie leave? I want to say yes. <laughs> like, I still want to say yes. It's like, uh... <laughs> I mean, there's, he still has the problem of too many cooks. Like, even if yeah, he won the title. They just win the title. Like, winning the title basically validates that you don't have a too many cooks problem. Yeah, but you could win that title, like, so begrudgingly and be like, you know, that Rozier guy, man, just go ship him off to Phoenix or something. You know? uh, I guess the opposite end of the spectrum of winning the title is the, the number one pick in the draft. Uh, what would be your reaction if the Sixers get the number one pick in the draft? And this can happen because the Kings pick, uh, the Kings first round pick, it's if it's a number one pick, it goes to Philly. And if it's between two and I think six or something, it goes to Boston. So theoretically, the Sixers could get another number one pick this year, which would theoretically be Zion. And that's like, what, a 2% chance that happens or something? Like uh, Right now, I think it's like half a percent. Okay, that's so, reasonable I mean, we're enough. Talking, we're talking basically, yeah, like. One percent, as minimal as you can get. <laughs> I mean, so I think the Kings would be the best team not in the playoffs. So they'd be the worst uh, team, the team with the worst odds in the lottery. Wow, I never but thought it's, about but this. But it's in play. It is in play. And it's definitely a possibility. Do you think they traded away like right away for something else? I think they could make a move for Anthony Davis. I think you could like trade down for like uh, R.J. Barrett and then grab grab like a star somewhere else too. I think he used the number one pick to get some leverage for Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. That's my take. <laughs> New Orleans, God, man, that's crazy. Uh, so another thing I, I was uh, <clears throat> kind of thinking about the Adam Silver Bill Simmons uh, interview, right, where they were talking about player happiness. I was thinking, uh, you know, a lot of commentators and uh, like Jeff Van Gundy types always criticize Russ for his kind of on-court selfishness, his uh, ability to shoot his team out of the game. And I was thinking that type of personality, isn't that basically Kevin Durant on Twitter? Which is like, Russ, stop shooting. Katie, stop tweeting. Yes. I mean, this is the guy that's Mr. Burner accounts. I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Like, oh, Russ, you're literally shooting yourself in the foot repeatedly. Hey, KD, (laughs) can you put your phone away for a while? Right. So my question is actually, do you think Russ came into the league with this mentality? Or do you think he actually learned this from KD? I think he learned it because at UCLA, I mean, he wasn't such a uh, ball hog, right? He was, I mean, he's playing with Kevin Love, so. Yeah, but I mean, you're playing with Kevin Durant. That's a strictly better upgrade and you're even more of a ball (laughs) hog. I mean, I think it's, I think it was, um, what's his name? Scotty Brooks, man. It's his fault, man. He coached him ISO ball and that's all he knows how to do. Uh, so I guess sort of on the same topic, do you think players are getting late enough? Do you think that might be the cause of their discontent? Is that they're just not 
Well, we know from the social media they feel lonely all the time. You know, they, they have the hard life of, you know, you wake up, you have literally two hours of the day that's the most important two hours of your week, and then you get home super late, you make millions of dollars from the club, and you rinse and repeat the next day. Oh, and you're like a hundred of the greatest physical specimens on Earth. It must be a really hard life, dude. Like, I'm not going to lie, the stress... You know, the constant media presence, trade rumors. I mean, geez, how would you live like that where it's just like, oh, I've got hookers and blow on my back porch, but I, you know, I'm worried about what Russ is subtweeting me about. So is that a yes or a no? Are players getting late enough? That's a no. I haven't had a good, like, Kobe number eight scandal in a while. Let's get All some right, well, more of those back. There's a difference between <laughs> sexual assault and just getting laid. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, did Mitt Romney cause Westbrook versus Utah fan? Well, so this was a good. This is a good story, right? So, obviously, a couple. What was it? About a week and a half ago now. Yeah, probably about ten days. Yeah. A fan had uh, screamed out some uh, somewhat racist-sounding words to Westbrook as I think the Thunder won that game. Right? It was a blowout, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like a 20 I don't, I don't think Paul George was playing that game. So but, the, the yeah. uh, of course, the Thunder and the Jazz have a little bit of this rivalry going on from last year with Joe Jingles and Push Off P and then the like crazy sort of playoff underdog win for the Jazz, I guess. Mm-hmm. And even last year there was a lot of rumblings with Westbrook and the Utah fans. I mean, there was the guy that tried filming him and he smacked the phone out of his hand. And then there's another guy he like got in the face of, um, so there's obviously some, I don't know if we want to say problems, maybe, uh, some animosity there, a little bit of a rivalry kind of atmosphere. And, uh, this, this fan, uh, gave Russell some choice words. And Russ, of course, talked about it in the post-game interview. And Russ got fined for it. Then a couple days later, after much uh, controversy, I guess, around the NBA with players coming out saying, oh, Russ shouldn't have been fined for this. What that guy said was you know, racist or homophobic. He kind of could have taken it either way. Uh, then the fan, uh, about a day later, got permaban from the arena, as well as the fan from last year that did it, also got banned from the arena. Pretty interesting, in my opinion. Um, It seems like this is, like, super proactive, in a sense, considering that the Jazz and the Thunder could actually meet up in the playoffs in the first round again this year. Uh, And, of course... You've, you kind of, it's like issuing a technical to the fan, but it's like an instant tech two, and he's just gone. Like, that sucks, dude. Like, whoa. I mean, I sure it's cool to be like banned from an arena in a sense. It's like, oh, you're one of like the three people ever. It's like, oh, lucky you. But at the same time, it's like, no, you're actually just straight up stupid. Uh, please <laughs> don't do that again. <laughs> I guess what he could do is he could go travel to OKC and do it there, right? Probably not. I'm pretty sure they'd recognize him. Would they? I mean, all he said was he's banned from Vivint. I mean... Yeah, but I mean, you can find a picture of this dude, I'm sure. 
Like, I'm sure OKC can ask the Jazz for, like, a picture of this dude. Also, that's a bit of a drive. It's only, like, a two-hour flight. Just to go racially heckle Westbrook? Like, Hey, you don't know what these people's lives are like. He might be, like, you know, a CEO of, like, uh, Goldman Sachs or something, and he's just... But- yeah, actually, talk about So you've been to a couple of jazz games. You're obviously in the Utah Salt Lake City area. Uh, have you experienced this type of, I guess, racially tinged uh, fan commentary personally? So this is this is kind of an interesting thing. So obviously, oh, uh, Donovan is like our poster child right now. He's like our golden boy, even though he is like the one black teammate. I mean, it's him and uh, Jay Crowder. And everyone else is like kind of light skinned black, you know? Do people make a distinction of that now? Oh, in yes. Utah? In Utah, of all places? Yes, they do. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. I mean, uh, so if you watch like a bunch of travel videos about Utah, like there's like, so I like to go on YouTube and, and there's like people that will like vlog themselves being like, Oh, 10 travel tips for this place or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a black guy that warns people not to go to Utah because people will look at you funny because you're like the only black person in like a 50 mile radius. And it's kind of true actually. So uh, on my average day to day, I see less black people here than I did back in Southern Mississippi and less black people than obviously back in North Carolina, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. It's like, Oh, there's even less black people. And really what it is is it's like the demographics flip flopped here because I mean, you think of the, you know, racially charged South and all that shit. Nobody really moved to Utah from there because, you know, history and all that, jazz basically say that oh utah was not like a happening place to go move to get a job once you were a freed slave it wasn't really like a territory yet right so uh on top of that it's not like a socially happening city i mean it's 90 percent republican that's typically not a good indicator of how black your town is um so on top of that there's that and it's like really if you like you know, imagine living in North Carolina or Mississippi, but you flip like the black and the Mexican demographic. That's pretty much what it is here. And you All like right, just I, remove the Indian what? demographic. <laughs> All right. Um... Like percentage wise, like it's it almost actually works out pretty similarly. It's because it's like it's like twenty five percent black in like uh, mm. you know North Carolina and then like you know, five to 10% Mexican or Hispanic. And it's like flip-flopped over here. It's like 25% Mexican and like five to 10% black. And especially if you live in the suburbs, you like actually just don't see black people like at your schools or like walking down the street. And like, you know, typically when you're in like the inner city of some of these places, not to say that black people are homeless, but you know, demographics wise, it tends to be what happens. So, like the beggars on the street aren't even black. Like they're all white. Like it's actually just insane. Like how many white people there are. So where do you kind of fall on this, right? So 
the Utah fan fans uh, permanently banned from Vivant, and Westbrook gets hit with a fine. Is that, is that good enough for you? Like, we we good with this now? We could just... I don't think permaban is, is a quite a fair assessment. I think it could have been, like, two-year ban, and that would have been fine, especially for, like, a first offense. I mean, let, let's let's go over, like, what he said, right? He was, like, you know, basically told him to get on his knees, right? Which, if I heard that, from my perspective, would be, like, a homophobic slur because he, like, wants you to suck his dick, right? But... Yeah, there might have been some 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 boys like thrown in there. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was, but or that might have been one of the other. That might have been the other fan. Um, but basically, I I, I picture that as homophobic to me, but I guess Russ took it as a, like a slavery reference, um, which is pretty interesting because Utah didn't have slaves. But uh, um, so I think like a permaban is just a little too far in my opinion. Like I get what he said is like egregious, but it's not. He definitely could have said much worse that I think would have warranted a permaban. Like if he just straight out called him like the N-word at the top of his lungs, was like, you suck. You know, it's like, okay, that that that's like obviously too far because you can't say the N-word out in public anyways uh, if you're not black. So, um, so saying like something like that, I think is maybe like a year to two year ban and that's like good enough, I think. It's like if the dude comes back, you know, who knows if Russ is even going to be in the NBA at that point or if the Jazz are even worth for his time to go to or, you know, who knows. But doesn't uh, giving this guy a permanent ban basically discourage another fan from escalating to the point of, like, like you're saying, like, uh, going further by using the N-word and stuff, like... Because you have such a zero tolerance on these smaller, or I mean, quote unquote, smaller types of verbal abuses, then theoretically you wouldn't have a fan that would go any further than that. Yeah, and, and then that's kind of like the idea of the zero tolerance policy in school, right? It's like if you bully a guy verbally, we're gonna you know throw you to the principal. If you bully him physically, we're definitely gonna throw you to the principal. But then you get the problem of like if you have an even lesser offense than this one. Then it's yeah, like, but I also think it's weird that this guy is throwing out racial shit when it's like, dude, the NBA is a black league. Yeah, no, I get it. It, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, all the players kind of came out, even the older players, like the commentators now, and said, you know, Utah's always been sort of this over-the-top uh, fan, like acts of word violence i guess in terms of the fans like right on top of you they're always super loud super obnoxious kind of thing mm. and it was kind of nice to hear donovan and some of the other utah players as well as the organization come out and try and like kind of squelch that toxic branding right away which i think was a smart move well, yeah they gotta get free agents bro yeah it's like no one wants to like that's that's how you lose ticket sales like Oh, Utah's a cesspool of toxic right-wing, you know, white supremacists that just want to see black people exploited for their physical bodies and paid millions of dollars to go see. Like, the NBA is a white supremacist organization was actually a headline of uh, Vox News, like, the day this happened. Oh, my God. Um Hey, he had a point. I mean, league owners are majority white. Coaches are majority white. 
NBA officials are majority white. Players are the lowest on the totem pole. They get paid the most. Not that they mentioned that. They're they're used just for their physical abilities. I mean, yeah, but that's not specific to the NBA. It's very systemic. I mean, that's why it's a Vox article. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think this would have happened if it wasn't Westbrook? Because Westbrook tends to be the most polarizing on court player in the NBA. I mean, Westbrook's um, the one guy that's got the "I'm going to fight you" drive like 100 percent of the game. Then I think Westbrook's also one of the more controversial guys of, you know, if you're a fan of the NBA, if you're a fan of basketball, it's like, do I want Russell Westbrook on my team? Do I not want him on my team? It's kind of one of the biggest questions kind of looming over his career, right? I mean, nobody really likes the super physical, super loud guy either, right? Like, people used to get mad at LeBron because he just bulldozed people over because he's just too physically, like, impactful, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's fair to say if it was Russ, it would be the only person. But I could see like Boogie doing something like this too. Uh, and then the other thing I was looking at was I did some did some YouTube uh, rewinding on the Malice at the Palace incidents from like 15 years ago, and it's like, wow, what a completely different NBA we live in, where some verbal abuses get you like a perma ban, but then like the Malice at the Palace was like, I forgot how fucking long it was like the actual um, like amount of fighting oh yeah um, yeah the actual video, obviously this yeah. happened like 15 years ago so we were like 10 and you know i sat on like sports center and stuff like the next day right this was like the biggest like story over that entire season mm-hmm. and because like we just kind of saw through sports center like good morning america whatever it, like we just saw kind of the clips of it but like watching the whole like uh stuff on youtube from like when they're actually playing basketball to the point where, like, Ron Artest gives uh, Ben Wallace a push to, like, the whole thing through. I was like, damn. Like, this was insane. Definitely worth the, re- definitely worth the rewatchable. I think it's also important to mention, too, that, like, the way I think fans don't feel as, or, like, they shouldn't feel as sort of trash-talky, I guess, as they used to be, because you like how people interact now with that kind of stuff is like all on social media now. Like you think like a fan in like the eighties, like Celtics fans in the eighties, is probably like the closest comparison to like this Utah jazz incident, right? Where it's just like shit talking everybody that comes in that stadium, you know, standing up on the sideline, you know, bad mouthing John Stockton or Carl Malone or whoever walks in there. Mm. And that's cause that's like the, actual only time you would get to see these people and hear their voice and they aren't quite the magnanimous superstars they are today with all these avenues to interact with them whereas nowadays it's like you know if i was a fan on the sideline i might be like pretty cordial for the most part just be like oh this is a superstar like i'm seeing a performance kind of like you know a famous singer songwriter or something like that and then if i was like super pissed at them because it was like Russell Westbrook scored the game winner on my team or something like that. I'd honestly probably just be like, oh, you know, good game, Russ. I'd try and reach out for like a high five or something. And then like on Twitter, I'd be like, fuck this Russell Westbrook guy. He just killed my team. I'm never coming back. You know, and it's just Out- a different yeah. way. Outrage culture. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess one of the things is. It's the anonymity cool. outrage culture, you know? Yeah. I guess my problem with in-game heckling is that for the most part, it's not very clever or funny. 
Like most people who do it from like the fan point of view, they it's suck never a good at line. It. Yeah, it's they, they like suck a... at it. It's like if, it's if you like don't a, have something yeah, like... clever, just say you suck or something. Like uh, I don't know. Like figure out like a way to do a chant. It's just. Uh, think like comedic like, hecklers like at least some of those are really good you know it's like really we're just gonna go to race like we're just gonna we're just gonna give up entirely on trying to come up with anything like make it personalized you know go after westbrook don't like go after all of black people and like all of black culture and like the african diaspora like come on man it's also you know when you think of like the mob mentality you know the psych 101 type of things <laughs> yeah the, the classic example is always like British soccer fans. Like Real Madrid yeah, fans I mean, are all drunk and like chanting and jumping up and down on the third bowl, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, at least with like English soccer, the big reckoning happened about 30 years ago with that, that was kind of peak hooliganism where people yeah. are legitimately like dying in, in the arena, which is obviously at that point, then you have to start fixing things. <laughs> um, well, maybe you missed it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, you still get a lot of that in, uh, in the European cups and stuff, mostly when it's teams with more black players. So this typically uses like an English team going to like, um, in Italy or like a Ukraine, or, like, countries that are a little bit more uh white <laughs> but see that i think the difference here is it's like a, a nationality thing it's like country v country right whereas over here it's like you guys are one state apart like we root for the same football teams it's like you know well, the animosity I mean, isn't as naturally high yeah and at least with like soccer you, you know european football and stuff it's not solely a black league like there's no way of denying that the nba is not a black league like you know it's fucking stupid to say that, like the black league know. run by white people yeah and it's just like i don't know like and obviously the whole uh you know america's difficulties with handling racism right it's like racism is a very big issue in this country as opposed to and just like basketball culture countries. is mostly black you know rap and yeah. hip-hop and saggy pants you know the list goes on, but yeah, I, I, it's kind of interesting to see just how different that is because, um, you know, the NBA doesn't get a ton of events like this. I mean, you had the Malice in the Palace, and then it was like radio silence for the next 15 years, and this is probably the most egregious defense since then, which really isn't saying a whole lot. Uh, yeah, especially because like the Malice in the Palace is like one of the worst things to happen in terms of just all sports of American history. Sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I guess the Donald Sterling thing is probably the biggest um, sort of racial issue. Yeah, like controversy. I mean, probably even just controversy, really, uh, over kind of the NBA since then. And this seems, you know, in that kind of context, it's clearly like moving in the right direction, I guess. Of This is like what we care about now as opposed to like a full out brawl where Reggie Miller trying to hold back Ron Artest. That's true. Speaking of holding back people, let's jump right in to the NCAA. So today they have released the March Madness brackets for the 2019 year. Of course, the Final Four being held in Minneapolis. Beautiful, beautiful is place. It, is it seriously? Yeah. Oh, sure. No idea. Um, so uh, this week, actually, I think tomorrow and Wednesday... 
they are doing the playing games for the 11 and 16 seeds yeah i never understood this whole plan thing for like like it makes sense for the 16 seeds i don't understand why there's like a plan for the high what do you say 11 11 yeah yeah i need somebody who actually understands college basketball to clean this one to me so the whole college basketball ranking system, I think, is pretty much a scam. It's mostly because they have no way to, like, nationalize conferences. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard to compare leagues or, yeah, conferences, right? I think, you know, college football has the same problem. It's like, okay, I'm going to compare the SEC to the ACC to the Pac-12. It's it's there's too much division. We right. universal with, currency, you know? And with basketball, you have a, a lot more participation from those smaller conferences right like the ones that sound like they were just made up and then it's like ah the yeah, university like the... of southern colorado sun sun conference and like the atlantic all-american yeah. conference and the yeah so there's all the mid midwest conference there, i mean there's a ton of like these microcosm conferences that always end up with a 16c that just loses right away yeah. um, is it is this the part where we call out drew for not coming on to explain college basketball to us uh, you had your chance. Here you go. <laughs> so we've asked Drew how many times? Three, four times? Yeah. To come on specifically for this reason of coming on before March Madness. And every time he is... Uh... He is the flake, as we like to yeah. <laughs> take so, some one of LeBron's talents. Uh... So you're going to get the best college hoops analysis from guys who don't actually understand college hoops. Uh, and I haven't even bracket, so Matt and I are going to fill out a live bracket. Though uh, we're probably going to be around the 90th percentile if you're following at home. But uh, yeah, so that should be good enough to win your, win your office pool. So. Yeah, so if you follow along with us, you'll win your office pool guaranteed. Uh, use promo code Mountain Dew Baja Blast for that one. Uh, a couple things for you people that don't want to follow along. So. Uh, I was reading a couple articles this morning trying to do some preparation on a really slow freaking day at work. And uh, some guy ran like a smart learning AI to like run all of the bracket results from like the past 10 years. And he predicted that the two like guaranteed upsets are University of Central Florida and Yale. Who are they? Are they playing each other? We'll get we'll get to that later on, but just for you bracket nerds, as well as uh, two points of advice. One is, uh, don't take any advice about narrative based teams. So teams that either are veteran tested, blah 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 blah. blah they know how to handle themselves under pressure. All these freaking phrases that you hear, like Tim Cook yell out and stuff. You know, does like Duke fall into that? Uh, no, Duke doesn't fall oh, yeah. into that because Duke is a feeling hot streak team. So that isn't a really a narrative. That's actually a stat-based narrative that you can use okay. to back that up. Okay. Uh, as well as history of like success is something reasonably well that you can predict on. Uh, and the other big thing that is like one of my pet peeves of like this year in sports is like bad niche stats. So a lot of times, especially in NBA now, we hear players. This was like. This happened with Trey Young in that overtime game from like a month ago where he was like the first rookie to have 45, 12, 12, and 12 since like Michael Jordan in the 90s. I'm like, yeah, you just picked like four arbitrary numbers on the box score to line it up with Michael Jordan and you like put one extra rebound in there just so you wouldn't have like 30 more people in that same stat. It's, 
I hate it, but you see that you're going to see that a lot with a bunch of ESPN analysis. Like some random team will always win a game if they shoot more than 36.5% from three. Like that's a very niche stat that isn't a very good predictor. So uh, now that some pitfalls out of the way, here are like the overarching. Does, uh, I guess before you jump in, what yeah. about coaching? I feel like coaching in these college games actually matters quite a bit because you have to play like every other day and you know what i mean like you have to really exploit like different types of teams all the time yeah so a lot of it is like matchup based coaching so it's gonna be like i think most of the time you're gonna see people play their normal starting five but it's gonna come down to those like three minutes in the game all right we got to sub out our center because he's just way too slow and we're gonna play two power forwards for us the game yeah like does that historically i guess lend to better coaching is yeah so you know know what i mean like those uh coach k kind of guys or the michigan state coach you know yeah that's like a tom Izzo, roy williams you know rick patino all those kinds of things you know and then rick patino (laughs) yeah anyways uh it's you know i kind of bundle that into like the history of success thing because you'll see most teams that know that are kind of have always been decent at least even if they're not as good of a seed as they have been in history like syracuse for instance i mean they're never like they haven't been a one seed in a long time but they always sneakily get into like the sweet 16 even if they're like an 18 seed Mm -hmm. um so a couple overarching statements before we get started so uh, according to the vegas odds duke has an 18 percent chance to win the whole thing right now which is pretty crazy would you take Duke or are you taking the field? Uh, I would actually take Duke on that one. And is Duke a, Duke's a one seed, right? Yeah, Duke is the actually Duke is the truest number one seed, so they're the best team in the whole bracket. Right, but like that doesn't mean anything, right? Because it's split into quadrants. So I mean, it, it does mean something. It's like if it comes down to two one seeds, which one's the actual one seed? Oh, it's Duke. I guess, but there's no like home court advantage, right? Uh, like it's not, no, like not at play. the end, but yeah, early on there is. Um, it's not like you play at Cameron Indoor. Like I know that there's some like regional things, right? Like Duke. Yeah, we'll so probably Duke. play like North Carolina area or like Atlanta or something. Um. So yeah, so Duke is like the actual best team, seeding wise, in the entire thing. Even though there's four number ones, and they have the highest odds to win out of everybody. I think the next closest team is like ten percent chance to win. So 18% is a pretty big jump. So Zion. <laughs> yeah. Um, couple. Do you have a bracket pulled up, Michael? Uh, I can pull one up. Yeah, just pull up an image so I, I don't um, so you can follow along, yeah. I guess, at home. So I'm going to be talking about some of the conferences now. So uh, in the eastern side of bracket, uh, we have Michigan State, which is the best number two seed in the entire bracket. Uh and Michigan State is going to most likely play Louisville in the second round, which is interesting because Louisville actually beat Michigan State earlier on this year and, like, totally creamed them. So that would be a good revenge game to look out for. Uh, as well as uh, LSU is number three seed in the East, and they are in an interesting sort of recruiting scandal now with their head coach, which means he may not actually be able to coach them for March Madness play which might hey, uh, be fun i'm just gonna kind of interrupt where's nc state in this bracket i'm like looking for nc state is one out actually they aren't playing 
Are you fucking shitting me? Yeah, it's like, they're like maybe two spots out of the, the 64 ranking to get in. Dude, why do we even care about this? Okay, I had I saw I'm, I looked at teams like team overall stats and like NC State's surprisingly high on. Uh, I mean, I know we're like possession ratios. I know we're like mediocre at best. You know what I mean? Like I know we're like a pretty middle. We should have been a playing team, team, I think. But seriously, are we like we're not? Yeah, we aren't even a playing team. Holy fuck! Yeah, that's why I have UNC losing in the first round. Do you know how many ACC teams there are? Uh, there's a lot actually. And we didn't fuck. Yeah. Okay. okay so Sorry. so so uh now we go to i think it's uh where is it uh another hot team to pick actually two hot teams is villanova versus purdue and i believe that's the first round maybe it's the second round yeah it would be uh in the south conference the um Purdue was one of the few teams that beat Villanova this year, as well as Villanova's like the reigning champs, right? So uh, that'll be a pretty big deal, as well as their Purdue is like an extremely hot three-point shooting team right now. Like they are the Houston Rockets of um, sort of college basketball in terms of analytics. So that they'll be a good team to watch. That's a really interesting bracket. You have Virginia as the one seed. You have Oregon, which you know is usually my favorite for uh, fun brackets because they usually have the hottest cheerleaders. Then you got Villanova, so that's like good coach, right? And then you know you like you were saying with Purdue. Then you have like Tennessee, who I I mean I don't think they're good, but apparently they're number two seed. So yeah, Tennessee is actually really like, that's good. a weirdly good I guess Sweet Sixteen type rounds. All right, so now we get to the Midwest bracket. And UNC is statistically the worst number one seed, so go pack. Yeah, wait, Duke, Virginia, and Chapel Hill are all number one seeds. Yeah. Fuck, we didn't make the tournament? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I know. So uh, UNC is the worst number one seed. Uh, they also have Kentucky and Kansas in their bracket, which are both... Yeah. They've, they've lost to both of those teams this year. Oh, shit. Uh, and then the actually best game to look out for is probably... The bottom uh, second round where it's Kentucky versus Wofford. Uh, Wofford has won their last 20 games in a row. Shout out and, South Carolina. And they are the perfect uh, Cinderella kind of story team for you to look out for. Um, Is that like your years? If I had to pick like a team with like a complete outside shot to make the final four, is that? Yeah, the bad news is Kentucky's actually like having a better than average Kentucky year right now. So I'm a little worried about that, but. I'm always even, pick even though they're only a, even though they're only a two seed. Yeah, it's like that's that's really weird that you have three ACC teams and Gonzaga. And so, uh, really, the only interesting thing in the West bracket is probably Syracuse and Gonzaga on the second round, which is kind of a shame because mm-hmm. Syracuse probably should be higher than what it is. But uh, you know, it's like a pack line defense versus a two three zone. So if you're like a basketball purist that might be your college game to watch, but that's a really uninspiring side of the bracket besides uh, Murray State with uh, oh, Jay John Moran. Moran. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, they have to play Marquette for first, which is going to kind of suck. So uh, my strategy here for picking the best teams, I did, I did some sort of NBA style. Uh, sort of how, do, how, you know, how does the NBA evaluate the best teams? And usually that is, uh, you know, top 10 in offense and defensive ratings, as well as who has the most stars. You know, it's typically who we see win playoff games. 
Uh, so I did a big list of the top 25 for defensive and offensive efficiencies, as well as I threw in possession ratio in my mixture, which oh, is nice. how many points per possession that team scores on average, which is where NC State was really high in, surprisingly. They were really? top 25 in that, yeah. They were above one. How? Um, like, I've seen three college games, I think. They were all they were all NC State. Yeah, there was the one where they scored and 28 points. The I had some, game. Yeah. yeah, I had some real problems with how... I mean, it might just be problems with college offense in general as opposed to specifically NC State, but... So looking at the sort of... And just like at a glance, this isn't... I haven't really looked at my bracket a whole lot here, but if you're doing it just based off star talent, mm. you're going to pick Duke 100% of the time because... Yeah, I think Duke would have to be the heavy favorite, right? Three lottery picks, Zion. And their bracket is like relatively... They have a pretty easy, easy bracket. Right? Uh, like, really, their hardest bet should be like Virginia Michigan Tech State. or Michigan State. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Coach K owns like Tom Izzo. So if you're looking at the top 25 best college players, uh, in terms of teams that have more than one, you have Duke. They have mm-hmm. number one and number three, obviously. I mean, that's how the draft is pretty much going. Uh, but as you move down the list, you have Gonzaga with two. So they have uh, Hachimuri and Clark. Uh, they're both uh, just defensive masterminds, pretty much. Are any of the are either of them tall white dudes? No, they are both tall black dudes. Oh, so Gonzaga actually has a chance to win the Natty. Yeah, so so Zags are are definitely up on that list. Oh sure. Um, Michigan State has two in the next fifteen, so that's pretty solid. And as well as uh, UNC has Cam Johnson and Kobe White in like. The twenty to twenty-five range, uh, and then Tennessee has Grant Williams, who's like number two, as well as um, Jordan Bone, who's like number twenty-one. So teams with more than one stars; those are the ones you're looking at. Now, in terms of good at defensive and offensive ratings, uh, the ones you're going to want to look at are Duke. Duke is top twenty-five in both of those stats. Uh, UNC is top 25 in both of those stats. UVA is number four in both of those stats. So that's actually pretty freaking huge. Yeah, but UVA, I mean, I know they're like a very defensive team, but obviously last year. You're right, right. Um, And then the Zags are uh, one and 10. So So basically the one seeds are rewarded for their yeah, so, so you're kind of looking at um, basically everything I've just said. You're thinking Zags, Duke, maybe Tennessee, maybe Michigan State. That's kind of that's what it boils down to for me. Um, but let's just hop right into the bracket. So it's enough pregame. Let's, let's get into this. So, All right, so a few, I guess a few things for we jump into, like, the exact matchups. Uh, we could have a potential Duke-UNC national championship game. We could. Yeah, we could. Like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, the chance that an ACC team is going to win the Natty is, like, pretty high. Yeah, but, like, specifically, if it's Duke Chapel Hill, I mean, that's, like, the best possible outcome, right, for uh, the NCAA and then also the whole Zion mix of it, right, because obviously Zion basically missed the first two times and then beat him in the ACC championship. Yeah, it'd be a good storyline. 
Carolina. Carolina won it two years ago, three years ago. Mm, two years ago. Two years ago. Uh, it's kind of interesting. And then this this is a weird like quadrant: North Carolina, Ohio State, Kansas, and Kentucky. Like, and Washington. Like, this is it's kind of all over the place. It's weird. Like that. Those are usually like uh, I guess some of the more elite schools, like at least uh, powerhouses in terms of NBA prospects and stuff. All right, so I'm going to fill out this bracket live on stream, and you're willing to follow along at home as, as you like. So right. number one, uh, we're going to start in the East. We're going to start with Duke. I don't care who they're playing. They're winning. So I got Duke going on. <laughs> Do you have them in the final four? Are you going all the way to the final four, uh, or are you going all the way to the to the natty? Are you going to go to the final four for every bracket, and then after that decide? Yeah, we'll go. We'll just go to the final four. All right. Uh, next up, we got VCU versus UCF. Um, this one's actually kind of a toss-up, in my opinion. I guess it makes sense. They're an eight-nine. VCU's got number two ranked defense. The UCF has um, probably the hotter cheerleaders. So I say I say we go that way. I'm gonna go UCF. Get a Florida team in there early. Uh, next up, Mississippi State versus Liberty. I'm going to take Mississippi State. That's kind of a hometown thing. Uh, then we have Virginia Tech versus St. Louis. Not predicting an upset here. ACC. Yep. VT. Okay. Uh, then we got Maryland versus Belmont and Temple. It'll probably be Belmont that wins that, in my opinion. Um, so Maryland versus Belmont. So, like, they play in for an 11 seed? Mm-hmm. This this whole thing is so weird to me. I'm gonna go with Maryland because I got a Maryland jersey at home. <laughs> Who's who? Which Maryland jersey? Uh, I just got it because it has the terrapins are just like a cool mascot. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. who player came from Maryland recently? Uh, then we got LSU versus Yale. Oh fuck the Ivy League. Uh, we're going with Yale actually because I think no. What oh, dude? We gotta go with LSU. LSU. I want I want Ben Simmons to randomly show up at this game courtside. Okay, then we got Louisville and Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota has a better record. Yeah, let's go with Minnesota. Dude. All right, we're going with Mini. Fuck the Cardinals. Cardinals have no teeth. Uh, the Michigan State, Bradley obviously. Yeah. Where is Bradley? I don't even know where Bradley is. I don't even care where Bradley is. They're out of the tournament is where they're at. Uh, next up, we got... Uh, should we go do this side of the bracket or should we go on the next conference? Yeah, go down to the west. We'll, we'll do like the left side and then we'll move. All right, so over. Zags versus uh, Prairie View. That's going to be the Zags like 1,000%. It's, it's, so, so one seeds have a 99.8% chance of winning. I know, I know. Like they've never lost until Virginia lost last year. I mean, I would, I would expect all Baylor Actually, and Syracuse. Oof. Nah, that's a weird game. That's tough, man. See what the stats say. Do I have anything on these? Syracuse is like good coaching. Syracuse like is a... pretty hot. In that defense. Oh, but then we can get Gonzaga and Syracuse, and that's like a Spurs Nuggets type of matchup. That's good. Yeah, yeah we're going. We're going go with Syracuse yeah, for basketball. For basketball. And we got Marquette and Murray. Oh, we gotta have Murray State versus John Morant. Yeah, we gotta get that John Morant sneaky one seed in because that would be an NBA storyline. Uh, Florida State and Vermont. Is Florida State good? Holy shit, Florida State is actually good. Florida has a lot of teams right now. 
Yep, Southern That's Florida, crazy. Central Florida, and regular Florida. God, are we this bad? Um, I think it's. All right, do we go Swing State, Florida, or do we go Bernie with Vermont? Feel the burn. I don't. Are we gonna predict a double upset here? <laughs> uh, it's gotta be Florida State, right? Dude, I have no idea. Oh, yeah, I genuinely what... thought Florida State was bad at basketball. All right, Buffalo and Arizona State. Uh, James Harden has Arizona State going all the way, by the way. Also, Arizona State is like the biggest party school, so they probably have some like hot girls. But Buffalo's 31 and 3. Yeah, but who are they playing against? I know they're not playing against much, yeah, but they got they exactly. got some really good coaching though. Oh wait, this Arizona State thing is a playing game, so they might not even fuck. I'm going Buffalo. Yeah, I guess we should. Hometown. Uh Texas Tech and Northern Kentucky. Uh Texas Tech has the best defense in the league so i'm going with them yeah i also don't like the fact that it's called northern kentucky like i, I just i refuse to recognize that part of the state all right so then we got nevada and florida so nevada has the um oh like fuck them they have the the zach and, no not zach and Cody. They have uh, the twins the, yeah 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 so fuck them okay but funny oh, enough they're top 10 in offense and defense i don't give a shit dude i hate those dudes if we had them we'd be in the tournament that's true. Uh, Michigan and Montana. That's Michigan. Sorry, folks. All right. All right. Right side. Virginia and Gardner Webb. That's pretty straightforward. Just go ahead and chalk that one in. Uh, Mississippi and Oklahoma. Oof, that could be. I'm going Oklahoma on this one. I don't know about you. I'm not. I'm not an old Miss fan. I feel like Oklahoma is like a weird school, right? There's, sometimes they get like these. Trey Young, Griffin, and Trae, Griffin, yeah. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, like it's Sam Bradford, like yeah, let's go Oklahoma. I was like one guy though. Uh, so then we got Wisconsin and Oregon. Oof. Oh, Oregon cheerleaders, bro. Yeah, you know Frank's not there anymore, so he hasn't been there for a while. So uh, Kansas State and UC Irvine. I don't care about either of those teams. Yeah, this might be like the least watched game. <laughs> Kansas State's got really good defense. UC Irvine also has really good defense. So that's, uh... How much does defense like really factor into college, though? Because it's not like the shooting is all that great. You know what I mean? I think it does. Like, how much is good defense versus just poor offense? Because mm. most schools don't run a pick and roll anyway. I think it comes down to, like, your scheme. Like, if you're a 2-3 Syracuse and you just knuckleball someone with how weird that is, okay. like, you can yeah. just take someone out of the game. I'm going to just go uh, play it safe. Yeah, we'll so we go, pick we'll Oregon go. over Wisconsin. Yeah, we'll play Are it we going to have like Oregon and UC Irving both making this? We'll play it safe. Uh, Nova, obviously. Uh, Purdue and Old Dominion. I want Purdue to win so bad. Just to see Purdue and Nova is like a hype matchup. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Cincinnati is really good versus Iowa. Uh, Cincinnati is got got somebody really good. Where's my notes here? Yeah, it's fine. Cincinnati. I wrote them down somewhere. I can't read my writing, so I'm gonna go Cincinnati. And then Tennessee. I got Tennessee like. Probably making the final four, dude. Like, they're so good. Really? Dude, they are so good. See, I think this Tennessee Colgate, like, if there's ever, you know, one of those uh, 
huge upsets, right? Where like a 15 or a 16 seed knockout, like a one or a two seed. I think this is the game where Tennessee, Tennessee is very up and down. Yeah, but they have the SEC player of the year in Grant Williams. Yeah, but like one week they're like the best team in the country. They're like number one. And then like the next week they like go down to like number five. Like they're all over the place. And I'm hype I on Tennessee being like... a basketball school now rather than a football school though. <laughs> I think this is, if you catch them on this day, what's the, what's the play time? 2.45 p.m.? Colgate. It's an early game. They're going to lose to toothpaste. Yeah, I mean, okay, we're I... going on. UNC Iona. Iona's going to win that game. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I actually kind of want a UNC, like, Duke, like, championship game. Utah State, Washington. Uh, Washington? I'm going to go oh, Utah right. State. I'm Utah just going to go hometown. Hometown? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Auburn, New Mexico. I'm going to actually go New Mexico on this one. Yeah, actually, uh, I kind of like this New Mexico. New Mexico is, like, sneaky good, right? They are um, seven like the offense. Yeah. And they have uh, one of the best possession ratios, actually, number four. So I'm going to go New Mexico. And then Kansas Northeastern. Uh, that's going to be Kansas, my friend. Yeah, I think we got to ride some of these blue bloods. Iowa State, Ohio State. That's 6-11. and 11. I think that could be pretty close. That's like the game where it goes into overtime in the first round. Yeah. I kind of feel in Ohio because I'm not a big fan of Iowa just as a name, but I have no clue about either of these teams. <laughs> They're both like right. pretty low in the rankings. So, Well, it's kind of intriguing because you got the big school in Ohio State and Iowa, which is relatively unknown. What about Ohio State? All right. Uh, Houston and Georgia State. That's going to be Houston, my friend. Number three yeah, ranked offense. Yeah, by and Jana is reborn. I don't even know who plays on that team, but... Yeah, Houston's got really good offense right now. So, uh, Wofford, Seton Hall. I'm going with the 20 win streak. We're going to keep it alive, baby. Wofford all the way. They've won 20 games? Yeah, dude. Holy fuck. They have um like a career D1 three-point shooter. He might break the record for threes by a wow, D1 player no ever. Idea. And, like, Wofford is legitimately 45 minutes from my house right now. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, they also play Seton Hall, which isn't saying a whole lot. And then Kentucky and Abilene Christian is going to be Kentucky, my friend. All right. All right, so top of the left, going back to Duke. Duke, UCF. Uh, this could be a good game. I think, I, I, I think we got to ride Duke all the way. Yeah, I, honestly, I think it's Duke. All right, so then we got Mississippi State and Virginia Tech. Oof, that's a good one right there. ACC, let's go. Um, do I have any star players on either team? Not really. Really? Virginia Tech has, like, nobody, and they're that much better than NC State? I kind of want to go Mississippi State on this one. That's fucking crazy. I'm, I'm going to put this one out of coin flip later. I think Duke's going to be whoever comes out of it, but... <laughs> Uh, so then we got Maryland and Yale, or LSU. What are, which either one you like to pick? I think it's LSU if it's LSU, but it's Maryland if it's Yale. So, oh, that's kind of an interesting conundrum, then. Yeah, isn't it? I have Yale in mine. I think you got LSU on yours, but uh, then we got Minnesota and Michigan State. That's going to be a Michigan State, my friend. 
I think there's no contest there. Uh, then we got Zags and Syracuse. Oh, God. That's going to be a game to watch. In Salt Lake City. God, I can buy tickets for that. Oh, shit. That'd be kind of dope. That's this weekend. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, yeah, do a little bit of scouting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be... Oh, man. This would be the first time Syracuse doesn't make the Sweet 16. So out of, like, the, the number one seeds, right? Do you Gonzaga... UNC and Virginia. Which one is like? I assume Duke is viewed as the strongest. Which one's like viewed as the most vulnerable? UNC is the worst. I don't okay. I want to say the Zags are second. If you had to be like one, two, three, four. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out like is Gonzaga. You know, can they be wrecked by Syracuse just because of good coaching and a defensive system? But then you said Gonzaga is really defensive too, so. Yeah, the Zags have the number one offense, so I don't think they're going to get wrecked by it. So oh, I, think, okay. I think that's the stat I'm going with. They'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. you know that's a really solidly coached team. Uh, Murray State and Florida State. Oh, I really want to ride Murray State. John Morant all the way. <laughs> Just so it's interesting. Yeah, because this would be what like the third or fourth year in a row where like the hype college recruit doesn't make it very far. You know, we had Trey Young and Ben uh, Bill Simmons. And, uh, geez, I just switched the bees, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying. It's like the past couple of years, the hype guy hasn't really yeah. made it far. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Uh, then we got Buffalo and Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Really? You think Texas? Damn, this is like a defensive bracket almost. Dude, who's going to have better cheerleaders? Texas Tech or fucking Buffalo? Yeah. Cheerleaders I mean, this matter. Whole Western Conference is just like every ranked defensive team. It's like <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be like forty to fifty as end game. So this scores. is like so basically the West bracket is like the Chris Ryan of yeah. the linear bracket. This is just it's got Chris Ryan and Kevin O'Connor written all over it. Then we got Florida and Michigan. Um, what are you feeling? Feeling Michigan? That's a really yeah. I feel like I feel like it should be Michigan. Did Michigan weren't they in the Title last year? Title game last year? Uh, yeah, they. I think they went all the way, didn't they? And then they lost. Did they lose to they, was it Villanova, Michigan? Or was, was it UNC? I thought was it was Villanova, UNC, UNC. All right, they've been they've been they've been relatively successful, like yeah, I mean it's recently, Michigan, right? Yeah. And that goes into your. Uh, if they have like Michigan's got the stars, they have the best defensive guard in the league. He's averages three steals a game. All right, let's go Michigan. Yeah. Uh, so then we got for UVA in Oklahoma. Mm, if Oklahoma of... has athletic guys, that could be it. But also Virginia has to have this whole revenge tour. I mean, UVA has Hunter. He's really good. And Ty Jerome, he's also really good. I mean, they're both top 25 players. And that's just star power on its own, right? Yeah, I don't know who those guys are, but sure. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, then we have Oregon and Kansas State. Kind of want Oregon to be the one upset here. Let's go, cheerleader bracket. The Ducks. Just because they always have sweet Nikes, too. Uh, Nova and Purdue. This would be such a sick upset. I'm gonna go with Purdue. I got a I got a guy at work that's from Purdue. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with his team. 
Uh, and then we got Cincinnati and Tennessee. Dang, dude. Which team, I don't know if you have these stats pulled up, uh, which team is better at three-point shooting? I don't have those stats written down. All right. I was just thinking, like, this seems like one of those, if a team gets, like, just hot, like, if a guy nails five of seven from three, that could swing the game. And if they're, you know, if either of these teams has, like, that kind of a guy. I think it'd probably be Tennessee. I mean, they got two ranked 25 players, so. All right. Tennessee, let's do it. Uh, UNC and Utah State. It's <laughs> a reasonable question. They're, they you got similar records. Yeah, but one is in the ACC. Where did, What conference is Utah State even in? I think they're Pac-12, right? Oh, shit. Okay, so they're in, like, something that is actually somewhat relevant. But, no, no, no. We gotta have Duke UNC. We gotta we gotta keep uh, UNC's gonna crush my dreams again. And then New Mexico State and Kansas. Oh, I like that game. Probably I Kansas, actually... right? Or is it New Mexico? Actually, it might be New Mexico. I might actually watch that game. I think I'm gonna go with New Mexico on the upset here. Damn, alright. Well, what fun is it if it, if the upset doesn't happen? Houston, Ohio State. I'm going with Houston, baby. Houston. And then we got Wofford and Kentucky, the <laughs> best game of the bracket. Oh, man, dude. Could you imagine if Calipari lost to fucking Wofford? I'm going Wofford, man. That'd be so hype. I think both teams used to Houston, so it's okay. Rise up, Spartanburg. All right, so now we have the Sweet 16. We got Duke versus whoever. It's going to be Duke. Sorry, folks. Uh, then LSU and Michigan State. That's... Pretty much a toss-up to me. I think you got to go Michigan State. Then you can get a Duke-Michigan State uh, Elite Eight matchup, which just kind of has some history. Or at least it feels like it does. Oof. Okay. We have the Zags versus Murray or Marquette, whoever ends up out of that one. <laughs> That's such a weird... I mean, I guess you'd have to go with Gonzaga, right? Just, yeah, they just they have their have defense is so good. Just a better team, and John Moran is not. If two guys that average three blocks. Yeah, and I mean John Moran is he's athletic, but he's not a shooter. Like he's he's a score. He's like a paint, you know, hard in the paint kind of guy. But he's not a. He's like a Markel Fultz before he got all fucked up kind of guy. Yeah, like from what I know, John Moran has no range, which is how you beat like a team. It's got good defense and team. and That's how you win in college. Yeah. Texas Tech and Michigan. That's a two, mm. that's a two and a three. Oh, I don't know. What we, so uh, you said Texas Tech has the best defense? Yeah. Michigan's number three in defense, though. Oh, okay. So if I'm looking at offensive ratings, uh, neither of them are on the list, so... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's your bag. I, mm, I, yep, yeah, your bag. All right. Well, I think the Zags beat whoever comes out of that, so I'm just gonna put Michigan. Uh, okay. Then we got UVA and Oregon. I'm sorry, Oregon. I think this is where your trail ends. Then we got Purdue and Tennessee. Oof. I think Purdue is my 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 dream right now. Yeah, that's like your uh, your dark horse. They're you know the uh, 
jump shooting team is never going to win an NBA Finals kind of team. So they could just totally blow people out of the water if they make all their shots. Uh, then we got UNC and New Mexico State. I think this is where the road ends for New Mexico State. Do you know if New Mexico State is a uh, like a transition team? Like I know UNC is supposed to be like kind of pacey, like oh, like their like, style uh, of play. Yeah, like they like to play at like a faster tempo. I think New Mexico is pretty fast. They're uh, like top ten in offense and top five in possession ratio. I was thing a lot of these games are very defensive minded, but at some point there's got to be like that shootout game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean the Purdue games are all shootout games. Um, right, but then they're gonna play Virginia, so then it's like true. I think UNC New Mexico is gonna be a shootout game. All right. I think it's gonna probably be UNC that wins it. Yeah, uh, I mean Kobe White's just like fifty forty ninety guy. Oh shit. Uh, New Mexico doesn't have a top twenty five player, even though they have a really good team. So I, I guess it's kind of a toss up then, but. Uh, you know, I'll trust UNC. They've been there before. And then Houston and Wofford. I think this might be the end of the road for Wofford. I'll get the upside on Kentucky and then lose to Houston. I don't know. I really like Houston. I don't, I don't know. Uh, okay, so then we got our Elite Eight. Duke and Michigan. State. Sorry. Michigan State. So do we go battle? Do we go with Block S? Or do we go with... We go with Blue Duke. Devils? I'm going Duke, man. Duke and the Natty. I, th- I think it's just more interesting if Zion is playing for the fucking national championship. Then the Zags versus Michigan. Gotta be the Zags, right? But there's a, such a good chance Michigan's in there. Best defensive guard, Michigan. Maybe this is the Zags upset. I don't know, that's 30 and 3 though versus 28 and 6. Ah, I doubt it. I have no freaking clue. Who has Gonzaga played though? They they're not in the they're in like a their own weird conference, right? Like a... Yeah, I, yeah. I mean the Zags do have number 1 offense, number 6 defense. Michigan's got the number 3 defense. I feel like Gonzaga is always overhyped. Like they're they, yeah, they, you know what I mean? Like they always seem to underachieve. I mean, when's the last time they actually won it, right? It's like they, they always kind of lose it somewhere, kind of like Kentucky. It's like they always manage to screw it up somewhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, they're always like... I'll put my faith in Michigan. You've changed my mind. It's like uh, Adam Morrison and then that Polish issue that they had a few years ago. Although they don't have as many white dudes. I mean, that that you can't look past that. Yeah, that's true. They got two top ten players. I think Duke beats whoever, though. <laughs> so uh then we got uva and purdue i want to have purdue go all the way i want purdue to be my underdog yeah i just i i really hate the narrative of virginia losing last year in the first round and then like rectifying their mistakes they're losing like to no. a three seed though i mean that's like, like very understandable yeah and it's like i don't know fuck charlottesville like i just i don't know uva has always just been kind of boring to me uh, then we got UNC and Houston. I think this would be a great game for Houston to win. But if we're going to go with your narrative, UNC's got to win, right? All right, so we would have had... said Duke. 
So now we've got we have Duke, Michigan, Purdue, and UNC. Yeah, I think you got to say UNC over Houston. Otherwise, like you just kind of have four random teams. Like there's really no interesting like rivalries there. Like there's no. So now we got Duke versus Michigan. We're going Duke, right? Duke, yeah. Let's do it. Then we got Purdue versus UNC for the hot streak ends for Purdue. Uh, I'm not going to lie. This bracket that we made is garbage when you think about it because Purdue is in the Big Ten, right? Michigan is in the Big Ten. And then we have two ACC teams. Oh, really? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> like, this that is basically out. why people really hate like college basketball is because it's like dominated by the Power Five. I mean, we, we, we eliminated Marquette in the first round, and they have, like, the best scorer besides Jay Morant, so. Yeah, but now it's like we have two versions of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which is. All right, so we got Duke versus UNC, and then Zion wins the whole thing by himself. Game winner, game-winning jumper. Nah, oh, dude. you know what would be sick? Is like, if Zion did, like, a LeBron blocking game seven on some UNC, like, fucker. And then he like he say blocks him against the back- backboard. Then he takes the ball and goes coast to coast the other way with a dunk. It dunks and then breaks his shoe on landing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right, let's do it. <laughs> all right, so Zion wins it. Uh, Duke loses though. Which uh, pair of shoes do you think is gonna win the uh, the national game? Well, what is Zion gonna wear? Is what is what you're asking me? I don't know. I mean, not necessarily. I guess. Theoretically, if Zion wins the national championship, then yes. But, like, I guess which, uh, I don't know. I guess there's really no way of phrasing it because these guys aren't actually tied to shoe contracts yet. Well, the problem is, is the teams are relegated to the team shoes. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. So it's like you got to wear the Paul Georges and the Kyrie's or like the mm-hmm. Crazy Bounce or whatever the Adidas one is. All right, so that's it right there. April 8th, National Championship, Minneapolis, Duke versus UNC, game-winning block by Zion that goes coast-to-coast for a Euro layup and utterly sends Kobe White to the Shadow Realm. So wait, are we in the NIT? I have no clue. All right, let me look up the NIT real quick. Like, I just want to make sure that, like, we're playing... NC State is playing some basketball. (laughs) This is pretty close to how I would have done my own, actually. See, NC State. We are in the NIT. Where are we? Yeah, okay, we're in the NIT. We're a two two seed. We're a two seed. God damn. We're going to do an NIT bracket next time on Harm the Pink Podcast. Uh, you can always give us your questions, comments, feedback, as well as send us your brackets that you might have done to see, and we can uh, maybe do a little giveaway for whoever wins. And with that, we will catch you guys all next time on the flip-flop. <laughs>